Weird. You know, we may not be the most known, the most famous, the most celebrity-filled podcast may ever, but we got one heck of a theme song. We got a great band director. I'm telling you right now, people are missing out, even if they just listen to the first minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, just listen takes. to Mark Patch. Even 30 seconds. I mean, it's just... I mean, I mean, there there are a lot of podcasts out there that just wish they had uh, that. Anyway, hey, this is the uh, it's the weird podcast. It is probably kind of weird to start off that way. But uh, I'm Craig, and that's Aaron over there on the other Hello. side. Hello, and uh, this is the podcast that uh, brings you all the news you can use uh, to blow a fuse. Yes, and thank it's you. all true. It's all true. It's all true. Plus, we got some some random useless facts, such as apparently this is a new bit we're doing. Telly Savalas and Tommy Lee both had mothers who won the Miss Grease beauty pageant. I thought you were going to say they both had mothers, and I was like, that's not weird. No, that's not, but when Michael Caine was a child, his mother pasted his ears to his head to stop them from sticking out. It didn't work. I you know, am Michael Caine. <laughs> a little madness reference. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, Prince Charles should have had that done. Oh, Prince Charles. His poor ears, man. Oh, his ears were huge. <laughs> He cried himself to sleep on he his didn't, He didn't have a great big pillow big enough to hold those ears. Charlton Heston's mother's maiden name was Charlton. What do you think well, about that's that? Really, that's really not so weird because she just named him after. Well. Right? I guess. Right? I guess. Right? I guess. Right? That's like uh, my niece, Brooke. Her name is Lindsay Brooke. So that's not a big deal. You're I'm right. I'm sure she appreciates you telling her the whole mother, world. Her mother's name, maiden name is Lindsay. There's Lindsay's. Lindsay's Lindsay's everywhere. Yeah, really. Priscilla Presley and Claudia Cardinal both became mothers again after becoming grandmothers. Unbelievable. Okay, that's some Unbelievably facts. boring. <laughs> How are you, Craig? You look I, you look good, man. You look healthy. Good. I'm doing good. I uh, got your hair cut. I got my hair buzzed off. I went to the dentist I told you yesterday. Yeah, I got your teeth fixed. Got my teeth all worked on. And then I'm going to the eye doctor next week. The eye dentist? I'm, I'm scared what I'm going to see. During the band meeting, you, you said that the, the, the eye, eye dentist, yeah. we were talking about my, yeah. and I've made a joke about your eye teeth. Yeah. And, uh, you, you made said, a joke about it. You said, save it for the podcast. Yeah, I did. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, had the nitrous, the nitrous oxide. That's always good. That makes everything happy. What was great is when I go to the dentist, usually I feel kind of guilty asking for it. Not, Not guilty. Me. I feel, I need it. It's kind of a, it's kind of like they make you feel like oh really you, you yeah you druggy aren't you like a real man can't you just take a needle in the gum like everyone else no but they were asking me at this new dentist they were like hey are you gonna want the nitrous boy howdy can I get some to go yeah I did I said I want to I full. want a scuba tank <laughs> if I could have a scuba tank full of nitrous oxide what would you do I would be on it twenty four seven what if, if you I accidentally went scuba diving and you had that tank well, with you I wouldn't do that. Well, what if it's just like by accident, I'm grabbing my What, am I going to accidentally jump in the ocean? Yes, that's oh, what I'm saying. I guess that's And then you plausible. get underwater and you realize, wait a minute. Yeah, I don't know. That'd but you don't know how sad you are until the dentist says, well, I'm going to turn this off now. No! Don't turn it off. Please don't. I'm going to turn on pure oxygen, so start breathing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Through my mouth, baby. I'm just joking. I don't know. I uh, I am a big fan of it, though. Uh, and It takes the edge off. Oh, I mean, I absolutely don't care if they push me out into traffic. <laughs> 
Uh, they, I would care. Uh, no, I would not. This, under the this podcast would be much bo- more boring if it was just me. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, so just, I'm, I'm more I, boring. I know. I'm just saying that when I'm on that stuff, yeah, I have no need for my body anymore. I just, I, I just sit still. Do whatever. Take all the teeth out. I, I, I don't care if you literally took a hacksaw to my leg and took it off. I just, I probably wouldn't care. He's jabbing me in the mouth with this needle, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> do it again. Just, yeah, just don't turn that gas off. And um, so I, you know, I don't know. I would say if you're a person listening and you're scared to go to the dentist, just get the nitrous oxide. It's easy. It's the laughing gas. It's easy. And uh, it is, make I it did clear no laughing front. by the way. I did no laughing. Sarah is very uh, sensitive teeth. My whole family is very sensitive in the teeth area. You're insensitive. I'm not. I'm not. And you've noticed I've I've stopped a lot of the insensitive, uh, whatever funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, before we get started, I'd like to say please. Uh, tell your friends to listen to Weird. We're, we're kind of st- our listeners are great, but we're stagnant. We are because we were gone for. Uh, remember, we were um, we, COVID. We, Mount, uh, well, Mount Everest too. We we climbed Mount yeah, Everest. Yeah, but we hadn't talked about that much, right? And uh, the, the thing that people don't know is we did it barefooted in the that, snow. In the well, duh, hello. Yeah. I mean, no, no, it was snowing at the base. You remember when, when we started? Yeah, you remember when you threw that Sherpa off the mountain because no, he made you mad? No. Anyway, I, I just pushed him. I didn't know he was standing that close to the edge. You thought Sherpa's back? I said, back up, Sherpa. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a band name, Back Up Sherpa. Back Up Sherpa. That's pretty good. <laughs> back Up Sherpa. You know, I just don't understand why we give out these band names and no one is taking them. They're so good. Back Up Sherpa. I would go see them. Glenna spouted off one the other day, and I can't remember what it is now. It was so good. I was was like, it better than so- Back Up Sherpa? I think they're all unique. It's like children. Yeah, they you can't are. love one other than more than the other. I mean, we could, but, but I'm, you know what I mean? You, you, you there's just so many good band names. You know how you catch a unique rabbit? How? You sneak up on it. <laughs> Dude, I've been telling everyone the joke from last week. The That's funniest a, I joke. I told Lori, and I, I had a hard time getting it out because I was laughing so And hard. she probably just looked at you, right? Didn't laugh. I said, first, make sure he's dead. Okay, hang on. Shabam! <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> it was like from 2012. Was like punishing. And I was not expecting that so, to be well, funny. That's what, that's what, had you read it before you read no, it? No, okay. I had not. So that's what made the joke funny was it had such an unexpected. <laughs> I, 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 I was, I was expecting us to make fun of it. Like it, I was it wasn't going to be funny. I was too. Like, yeah, that's real funny. This one's eating my popcorn, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. So, uh, yeah. So what about you? Did you go to the dentist or anything? I or? haven't gone to the dentist. Uh, everything I need to because it's been like six months since my cleaning. Yeah, your breath stinks. <laughs> that's not nice. No, I don't know if your breath stinks. <laughs> it right. doesn't. Trust me. Well, I don't know. It might. I you can't smell your own breath. Apparently, um, all's good. Lori's good. Family's good. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting every every facet of the medical profession here lately. Had my physical. Had the dentist. Going to the eye doctor. I mean, you're taking good care of yourself. I like it. I'm trying. Looks like you lost a little weight. Eating better, losing yeah. weight. Yeah. Things are going good. All I got to do now is not walk out in front of a bus. Don't do that. That would be bad. Stop right there. I can't afford to Stop fix. Stop right there. I can't afford to fix a bus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Story. <clears throat> First of all, we got some great stories tonight, by the way. You don't hit top story and we, then say stuff after. We got monkeys. We got snakes. We got Florida. We got Australia. We got all kind of, we got sound clips. This is going to be a professional quality show. Maybe chip clips. And one more thing, please, what? listener, leave us a review somewhere. Please. please. <laughs> We're begging you. All right, here we go. Story. Men arrested in India for using monkeys to steal money. That's a very strange weapon. 
It is. Two men in, uh, let's see, let me get here. Let me think here for a second. <clears throat> English. Mm, yes. Two men who used uh, who used to travel the Indian, uh, this is written really weird. Two uh, men who used to travel the Indian capital. That doesn't sound weird to you? Mm, yeah. Um, using monkeys to rob innocent citizens have been taken into custody, according to the New, uh, New Delhi uh, police on Saturday. That's the New Delhi that's right down. He is, man. Yeah. Uh, get the roast beef on rye. That's supposed to be really good. The local police officer told AFP uh, that the culprits were arrested after one victim reported to officers that three men carrying monkeys, three men and a monkey. Have you seen that movie? No. no they, uh, they're three men and three monkeys. You're right. Yeah. Three men and three monkeys uh, had surrounded and robbed him of 6,000 rupees. That's about $80, $80 in our bucks. That's, that's a lot of money. Authorities in India have been grappling with the threat posed by monkeys in Delhi uh, and other densely populated cities where they frequently enter homes in search of food. How, Wait a minute. Can you imagine? I always have to worry about a monkey coming in your house to get food. We have raccoons. The way, you, the way that reads, it's, it's as if the authorities... Uh, frequently enter homes to in search of food. Yes. <laughs> well, they got the authority. Yep. However, under a 19- You think they just go down to the New Delhi and roast beef on rye? Absolutely. Um, authorities in India- Okay, wait, we're past that. Yeah. However, under a 1972 law, it is illegal for Indians to capture them, the monkeys. Uh, Can they shock them? I don't know. Is it- Peter, Mickey, Davey, or Mike, which of the monkeys would they be catching? You know, uh, well, there's only two alive. So, you know, I met Davey. Well, you were the same height. You saw eye to eye Actually, on everything. I was a touch taller than you Hayden. saw eye to eye. I was a everything. little taller than everything. Yeah. Well, I met Michael Nesmith. So we both together have met half of the monkeys. And I have a friend who used to go to church that met um, uh, Peter at an airport. Just walked past him and said, hey. Was he friendly? Yes, very friendly. He looked like he's just an old hippie. Davey was super friendly. Yeah, I, th- I bet they all were. Yeah. Mike, uh, you know, Mike's got that uh, liquid paper fortune. Fortune. So he's kind of like, eh, no, no, actually, Michael actually was very friendly. He can afford to be weird. Now, he was very friendly. Yeah. Uh, strange fella. You want a strange fact? Have I shared this one on the show before? Hit me. Can I please? There's a, I have somewhere in my stuff, somewhere at home, I've got a, letter that was written it was an inner office memo written to michael nesmith because he owned pacific arts video yeah and no it was written about me he was copied on it oh i've got i've got a letter where michael nesmith was copied on the 411 on this guy you got a lot of celebrity by proxy i've noticed that about you yeah yeah i don't i mean I, i i mean i don't you know, even if even name dropping, it's in fun. I don't yes. know these people. Kevin Cronin used to drop names all the time. Got on my nerves. <laughs> you better pick that up over there. Yeah, I hung. I mean, I'm going to say I hung out with Angelina Jolie's dad. Took him to the airport. He's a great guy. John Boyd. I like him. John I Boyd like John Boyd. John Boyd was awesome. still a fine actor to this day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Johnny Cash was a. He would drop a name every once in a while when I was around him, but it didn't bother me as much as him because his voice was so great. <clears throat> well, you didn't want to catch him after dark because he'd sneak up on you. Yeah, he would. You couldn't see him. No. No, he's a man in black. Anywho, back to the monkeys. Not the monkeys, monkeys, but the monkey story. While the victim is sitting in an auto rickshaw? Rickshaw. We used to go to school with him. Yeah, Tommy's brother. We actually did. But what's an auto rickshaw? Is that a rick that you don't really have to interact with? He just does his own thing? It's, it's, just, it's like a self-driving car. I got you. The men entered and asked one 
monkey to sit in the front seat and another in the back. The official All right, said. George, you're up front. They took the lawyer's money from his wallet and fled with the monkeys. Police <laughs> suspected the gang was responsible for other similar thefts. Fled with the monkeys is the first album by uh, the, yeah. the, the new band name. Yeah, what was that band name? You don't remember now, do you? The band name? No. He's already forgotten it. You have to rewind <laughs> to see what that is. That's how, that's how it is when you got this much uh, these many this many band names falling out of your head. Yeah, you don't remember. What more. if we had a band for every name we've come up with? What if we managed bands? We'd have like we'd two thousand be bands. We'd be better than Frank Backus. Who? The third thief is still on the. Wait, we didn't get. Wait, I missed something. Yeah, there. you did. The uh, let's see. Police suspected the gang was responsible for other similar thefts and formed a dedicated team to track down the perpetrators who were apprehended Thursday at a bus stop with their animal accomplices. The third, uh, the third thief is still on the loose while the monkeys have been placed in animal rescue facility in India. Monkeys are often trained as street performers. Uh, here it's our politicians <laughs> and attacked by the Harry Simeons. Um, hey, good. I knew Harry Simeon. <laughs> <laughs> was that Robert's boy? Yes, it was. Uh, Old man Simeon's boy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, attacks by them are not uncommon. Uh, in Meerut, India, last year, a group of monkeys assaulted a medical official and stole uh -oh. blood samples from patients who had tested positive coronavirus. You know, well, they're crazy because they're all wiry and they can jump and they grab stuff. They go up a tree. You don't mess with a monkey. You don't. You people that have monkeys as pets. You know, chimpanzee. chimpanzee oh, they'll eat your face. Chimpanzees are cute when they're in the little diaper and everything, like, like Michael Jackson. Back, but yeah. as soon as they grow up, they eat you. Michael Jackson. What was his his monkey? Uh, bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah, bubbles. There's a. I, I remember a story about this. Uh, someone on, someone on a tour in a little one of those little rickety truck things somewhere yeah. where the chimps are, and those things jumping on the car trying to rip them rip the car apart to get to the people. They wanted to kill them. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy talks about being at Michael Jackson's house, and and Bubbles was in a cage. And he said he was going to go go get close. And, and Michael said, oh, no, Eddie, don't don't get close. Don't get away from him, Eddie. <laughs> he does Michael Jackson's voice so well. No, Eddie, don't get close to Bubbles. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is appropriate or not. But. Headline is, man fined for farting on cop argues farts are protected forms of expression. You know, we got free speech. But, uh, is that expression? Uh, yeah. Unless he can form vowels and syllables. <laughs> it reminds me of my proctologist. You know, he used to be a dentist. <laughs> I said, why? Why did you switch to proctology? He said, I didn't like bad breath. <clears throat> a 22-year-old Australian man. I want to apologize for every, everyone that heard who that. Who made headlines in June last year after he was fined $600 for farting on a police officer, argued in court that his fart actually falls under the freedom of expression. Austrian Daily... Well, uh, wait, wait. The first question is, is there a law against doing that? I don't think so. I don't think you... I, I don't think the, I don't think so. I don't think you can do anything about that. I don't think it you might can be. Either. It might be impolite and rude. Yeah. Well, uh, how can inconsiderate. You prove, how can you prove it was done on purpose? Right. I'd take a very good attorney. He might friend. have a problem. He may. He may have like a lower digestive issue. He may. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, anyway, that's that's, Loose from, colon. that's from the Austrian daily newspaper, Der Standard. Ooh, that sounds it, like a German paper. Do mm -hmm. your papers in order? Mm -hmm. Nine. It's not. Nine. In a decision released by the administrative court in Vienna, they make great sausages. I've heard that. Yeah. And, from you. Yes, and cookies. Or the, the fingers. They make Vienna, Vienna sausage cookies? Oh, gross. I don't think I want that. 
The court lays out some much-needed detail. We've needed this detail. Craig. We needed a lot of detail about In it. regards to the alleged events that transpired on that fateful day, meaning that we can look at the farts and come to our own conclusion about whether the fart was indeed protected speech. So here we go. We're going to kind of break it down a we're little gonna, bit. We're going to get down. So this whole ordeal began last June, June 5th of 2020. We're deep into COVID. You know, we're in lockdown June 5th. Right. When the farting man named Mr. A.B. in the document was hanging out with friends at an unnamed park when a group of police officers approached them during a routine identity check, which is and racist. What, what country know. is this? Uh, this? This is in Austria. Not Australia. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Draw your curtains. <laughs> so I'll be back. So they have routine identity checks. Can you imagine if we tried that here? Yeah, I mean, you just walk up and say, I need to see some ID. Give it time. Wow. Give it time. No, no. I'm saying I'm all for it. Why not? I want to be carded at the voting booth. I want to be carded when yeah, I... Yeah, but I don't want to be walking down the street and the guy with the rifles is... What are your papers? Well, I don't want that. So go finish your story. That's when things got windy. It, Everyone knows it's windy. When he... Thank you. That's, thank Mark, you. Mark's probably pretty proud of that. When he released the uh, intestinal gas... The complaint was the complainant was sitting on a park bench. The document reads, "He then lifted his buttocks. He lifted. Yeah. You know it's going to be serious. It's hard to it's hard to to prove that that was accidental when you lift. Uh, he then lifted his buttocks and tensed up a little. <laughs> that exit guy had the same expression you got now. Yeah, I'm not done yet." Before the intestinal gas escape. This is awesome. Do you think that, you know, much like our accents, do you think that that helps them feel like they're in the story? What accent? Oh, when we do an accent? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and the sound effects make yeah. you feel like you're there. Yeah. Um, the complainant's friends laughed at the intestinal gas, and witness F uh, made a joke. Okay. Uh, the document continues. Due to the resulting entertainment from the intestinal gas, the defendant grinned at the officer. So he let he broke large on him. And then he, then he <laughs> and claimed he, it. He gave him a grin. Like, what are you going to do about that? He's all right. What about it? In court, the man He argued, said, what's up? He said, catch me outside. <laughs> catch me outside. How about... <laughs> In court, the man argued that the fart was not intentional and that even if it was intentional, it would still fall under his fundamental right for the freedom of expression. Is it against the law? That's no, the question. It's not over here anyway. I don't know Australian. Australian. Austria. Austri oh, that's hard to say. It's Austria. <laughs> Austrian? Austrian? Austrian law. Yeah, Austrian. That's good. One of the two need to change their name. Somebody. Or, or hook up. You get together. Australia and Austria together. Just join up. Double. Yeah, exactly. Double the fun. We have West and South. No, west and north. West, west, west Austria and, yeah. and North Austria. Or Australia. Whichever they I choose. I want Australia and them to go coin. together. They'll flip a coin. You can call it Australia. Unfortunately, the windbreaker, unfortunately for the windbreaker, the judge did not buy his argument. In a detailed legal assessment of whether farting is indeed a protective form of expression, the judge argues while farts and burps can cause social inappropriateness, it's a good word. Yes. They do not contain communicative content. I beg to differ. Well, again, I think the bigger question is, why are they even discussing this? Is it against the law to do that? Is it? Is there, I mean, it may be. Is, is I hope there, not. <clears throat> I just find it. You just have I'm, to lock I'm me up. I'm just questioning. The judge continues. Uh, it's, it's, uh, 
it would still be considered a form of expression that transcends the boundaries decency. The du- the judge did s- show some sympathy for the man, though, reducing his fine from 500 euros to just 100 euros, citing his financial situation and the fact that he had no criminal record. <sighs> the guy was last heard saying, this stinks. <laughs> it's a matter of principle for us because it's uh, it's – it's it's petty to get a punishment for a fart. I mean, again, is it against the law? I don't know. Hey, Wisconsin restaurant offers $1,000 reward to get its giant rooster back. Ooh, I want my rooster back. Rooster back, rooster back. I want, I want my, my rooster, rooster back, back, rooster back, rooster back. The owner of a Wisconsin restaurant really wants his rooster back. Last week, someone stole a giant rooster statue from outside the Oseo family restaurant in Oseo, and I may be mispronouncing that, Wisconsin. Miss Oseo. Wisconsin. After several days with no leads, the restaurant owner Artan Shabani decided to offer a reward for its return: one thousand dollars and a free meal. <laughs> he just threw that in, huh? Yeah, one thousand dollars. Shabani hey, and a free meal and a free meal. Shabani said uh, that he found out the rooster was stolen when one of his regular customers asked if he'd gotten rid of the statue. So I went next door, and sure enough, it was gone. Shabani said the rooster is about 12 feet tall and four feet wide uh, and was bolted to the ground with steel beams before it was stolen. That's like um, when high schoolers, like as a senior prank in up in Hville, would steal the big boy. Yeah. yeah. How'd they even pull that off? You got to have a, a big wrench. It's crazy. And it's like, you know, and I always wonder about these people. Like, we've got a place with a giant gorilla out front. You go up the interstate, there's a place with a huge Indian. Yeah. There's a, a pink elephant holding a martini glass yeah. with his trunk. Is there a store that I don't know about? <laughs> we need to visit that. Is it, is it we like need a giant microphone? Is, it, is there like a website, kooky statues for your store.com? Is a there, good question. is there, I mean, where do you, and I mean, I, it is funny, but I'm asking honestly. If I open up a fireworks stand or a, a stop and rob somewhere, right? Where do I start if I want to find a kooky like giant giraffe statue that's painted purple, yeah. smoking a cigar? Where do I find that? There must be someone out there that does this. Isn't there a giant gorilla near the Indian? There's a gorilla. I mentioned. I mentioned yeah. the gorilla. No, the Indian. The gorilla's closer to us. The the Indians up the road and yeah. and, and the crazy. Um, Oh, and there, and there used to be a guy somewhere. It was a muffler guy. Remember him? Yeah. And if it, yeah. Did, did we talk about the transformer down the street? Did we talk about that one? No. You, you go down towards Gville, right there near Mville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this awesome looking transformer guy in front of some business. I don't know what it is. And he moves back and forth. He's lit up and everything. It's I the have coolest not thing. Seen it. Where do you go get this stuff? We'll find out. Listeners, if you know, please let us know. Anyway. Back to the rooster that was stolen. Uh, let's see. Shabani said he spoke with police about the theft, but if it ends up just being a prank, he doesn't plan to press any charges. If it's a prank, if it's the high school students or college students, I'm not going to press any charges. I get it. They're young. Uh, they're having fun. They didn't harm anybody. They didn't damage the property or business or anything. Of course, I'm not going to press charges. I'll even give them a $1,000 reward for bringing it back and give them a free meal at the restaurant that I'll spit in. <laughs> now, he didn't say that. <laughs> However, if the thief plans to sell the rooster, all gloves are coming off. Shabani says he will execute them in the public square. <laughs> no, he does not say that. But he says that's a different story. That becomes malicious intent to yes. me, he said. Though there haven't been many leads, uh, Shabani said there has been an outpouring of support for the restaurant and the missing statue. 
Shabani estimates the rooster has been around for about 30 years in front of his diner next to Oseo, Oseo, Oseken Yuseo family restaurant. Shabani bought uh, the diner about a year and a half ago, intending to remodel it into a pizza joint before the pandemic delayed the process. However, the chicken remained a popular spot for photos, even though the restaurants uh, behind it were closed. It begs to question, you know, like, as you mentioned, there were, Classic pranks pulled all over town right. at, when we were in high school. Uh, the big boy would go missing all the time. Yeah. I mean, now he was, us, he was usually on a weekend bender, though. It's, it, yeah, at least once a class uh, or a year. Yeah. For or school. they put soap uh, detergent or something in, in the fountains, in, in the fountains yeah. and stuff like that. Um, that's been cured by Big Brother, apparently. You don't see a lot of that. Alan? Anymore. No, not Alan. Oh. Big brother as in the cameras, cameras and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had to, uh, and, and I'm sorry if I've told this story too, but um, you know, one, one night when I worked at one of my best jobs ever, which was in the last couple years of the best decade of all time, the, the 80s, 1980s, no doubt. worked at a record store. Mm-hmm. And I did too in the I'm 80s. I'm pretty sure that I've told the story before, but uh, they, we had like a three, 600 pounds, some crazy, uh, it was a it was a inflatable they wanted to put on top of our building. It was for a release a Disney release, and it was Mickey in the Sorcerer's Apprentice outfit, the, yeah. the costume. They put it on the roof. They needed someone to stay on the roof down on West End in Nashville all night long to protect to guard it to, to guard it. Right? Yeah. I guess to, not that we could do much if we were yeah. over, overcome by people. Don't touch but, that Mickey. But the thing was, we um, it, someone was there, which would. De- her someone sure. to do it. so i was the guy who was i did it yeah i got paid like time and a half or something i got Sweet. paid something to stay up all night a friend of mine showed up and we sat in you know chairs and she hung out up me. there i didn't hadn't talked to you at that point i hadn't seen we you hadn't since had cell phones i hadn't either. seen you in four years probably so that's sad times dark times yeah, yeah. dark times we were separated that we, that we didn't get to celebrate the rest of the 80s together, correct together. correct we were busy celebrating them separately but uh what a great day yeah we had to i had to be up there because they were afraid because it's not the first uh and, and this is what's crazy about people that steal these things i'm not kidding the thing was i think it was between four and six hundred pounds when it was like it not inflated yeah it, it was ridiculous how much it weighed and it has to be because it inflates in this enormous yeah, thing. Yeah, it's huge. And huge. Yeah. Uh, and so these things get stolen. Yeah. I think that one had been stolen and they found it. How do you have the time to get the air out of, turn the fans off, get the air out of him, hoist it down, put it in a vehicle that can hoist be, and take, I mean, you know, the weight alone. Yeah. Uh, it, it would take a team, and they had to know what they were doing. I bet you there's a black market for that stuff, though. Who wouldn't want a giant? I, I would. I find that kind of racist. First Aussie story since we've been back. Everybody wants to do it, do the kangaroo. Come on, come on, come on, do it. I miss that so much. Oh, that's so good. Headline is, man who traveled from Australia to London by mail in a box is in search of friends who helped him out. That's a brave guy. Uh, oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we, we got some audio after I read this that, that where he kind of talks about the, the, the difficulties. I couldn't imagine the shape of that box when he got there, and I think you know what I mean. <laughs> Brian Robinson, age 19 at the time, decided to proceed with what he what is regarded as the stupid plan to reach home in, to Wales in 1965 after about 11 months down under. He was feeling depressed to go home. He was homesick, Craig. He was feeling d- 
Desperate. Yeah, his earnings. Not, de- of, not, dis- not depressed. No. Desperate. Desperate. His earnings of 40 pounds a month while working for the Victorian Railways definitely nowhere near being enough to cover a plane ticket of 700 pounds. How'd he get there? Uh, they flew him over there for the job. Okay. They should have flown him back when he was not wanting to. <laughs> well, he didn't want to quit because he would have to pay some kind of fee. But this long deliberation for about a week, two of his friends, also his colleagues, who happened to be Irish, known to Brian as Paul and John. They wow. Were, I know where they are. Wow. And One that was right around the right time. Yeah, they, they could have just bought him a ticket. <laughs> a ticket to ride? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, boy. they don't care. <laughs> they, they, they don't care. <laughs> Uh, in the bid to render assistance, packed him into a box the size of a mini fridge. The box was nailed shut and sent off as cargo on a flight from Melbourne, Australia to London, United Kingdom. Uh, that was what they planned, at least. He'd have to have some food, water, that kind of stuff in there. He had a full, we'll get to a full bathroom. He did with have a, a jug of water and some pillows. 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 That's a great big pillows. Yeah. Brian said he actually needed to go back in your crate and climb your great big pillow and drink your bucket of water. The box was nailed shut. Brian said he actually needed them to help out as Paul had access to a typewriter, which would be needed to fill out the paperwork required to get Brian sent off as post. Paul was actually and totally against the idea, but John said, John said, don't worry about it, mate. He said that I shouldn't worry about it. He'll persuade him. Brian said, according to the Irish Times, so both of them went ahead to help. Brian actually. Paul didn't want his blood on his hands. No, Ringo was out. He said, I'm not even helping. Don't even mention me. George, nobody knew where he was. He was on cloud nine. Yeah, he was. Brian actually brought in two pillows with him in a small box, also a a flashlight, a book containing Beatles music. What's he going to do with a book of Beatles? (laughs) I got this book of Beatles music. Well, (laughs) they tried a record player, but it kept skipping. His suitcase and two bottles, one filled with water, uh, while the other was meant for the extract. Now, 75, Brian is. He is not expecting an expensive trip, but what could have been... We should uh, also mention, by the way, a torch, meaning it's a flashlight. I did say flashlight. You did say flashlight. I replaced the word myself. Okay, I'm sorry. But what could have been a 36-hour direct flight ended up being a four-day-long severe experience. At the time, Qantas flight was occupied, and so the crate, which Brian labeled as containing a computer, was placed in a much slower Pan Am flight. They should have put live badger on the box. <laughs> which, which ended up landing in Los Angeles. He was headed for London, came to America. Went to the far side of the country. Brian said the plane's hold was both freezing and intensely hot, and that he managed to breathe in the journey. Uh, when the I mean, my understanding is that the underneath the passenger area, it yeah. gets like literally f- freezing. Yeah, like going that speed up yeah. that high, it would. Um, so when the plane stopped in Sydney and was uh, and was left, he was left upside down for twenty two hours, Craig, in a box. Despite many this upside, uh, uh, despite many this side up labels he put on the crate, this is like being buried alive. Yeah, this resulted in blackouts for him. After taking off from Sydney, the plane landed again. Brian thought he had eventually gotten to London, but after he was carted off to the freight shed, he peeped through a hole in the box and saw a scary United States custom official who thought there was a corpse in the box. Why did he think that? Probably the smell, I I would think. Uh, Then he went through the series of interrogations with the FBI. So they opened the box and got him out. So he was stuck in America at this point. Yes. Did he he have breakfast in America? I, I think he did, yeah. Uh yeah, I, I got nothing. He who he, he wanted to be certain that he was not a Cold War spy. 
Immediately, they were okay and were convinced that he wasn't a threat. Authorities decided to rest the case and instead got him to London on a normal commercial flight. Brian's legs got stiff while in the box, so he had to be taken to the hospital first before he could be allowed to continue his journey. What did the hospital do for stiff legs? (laughs) I don't know. Warmed him up? I don't know. But let's listen to what he has to say. Here's a a little package. This is him today? Yes. 75 years old? Yeah. We're in the prison ward of Los Angeles General Hospital where Brian Robeson, formerly of Australia, has made an unexpected visit. This guy wakes. His tail was as astonishing then as it is today. He had a tail? The Welshman and his belongings, who flew halfway around the world, stuffed into a cargo crate. Of course, we had enough, just enough room for suitcase, uh, myself to sit with my legs up in the air, uh, my back against one wall something. Brian Robson was 19 at the time. The more I look at this, the more I just find it completely unbelievable that I did it. (laughs) It frightens me now. (laughs) He'd been working in Australia but couldn't afford to fly home, so asked his mates to put him in a box and post him. Would you do that for me? Oh, I would love to put you in a box and post you. Put my knees up into my chest. Then, after saying goodbyes, they nailed the lid on and the, the truck came and picked it up and took me to the airport. What was it like inside? Frightening, terrible... Although the crate had this side up written on it, it was immediately turned upside down, as most airport workers do. <laughs> he should have put uh, it on the other so side, pointing the other direction. I was on my neck and my head uh, for probably up to 23 hours, actually. In the end, he spent five days inside, barely alive by the time he got out. And he didn't even make it home. The crate ended up in Los Angeles, where an airport worker discovered it before climbing inside himself to demonstrate Brian's ordeal. How do you Brian's do that? <laughs> you climb inside yourself. I don't know. It's very sort of restricted. Maybe it was transcendental um, sort of stuff. It was and Paul cold. and George and John. Uh, really cold. Did you regret it? Uh, I never regretted it. Even when you were in there? Even when I was in there. I made my mind up and I was suffering. I really was suffering in bad ways. Once the Americans were convinced he wasn't a Cold War spy, Brian finally returned to Britain. But despite huge media attention, he never again made contact with the two Irish friends who'd helped him begin his This is voyage. where we can be of help, Half a century on, he wants to track them down. I'm not the most generous of people, but I'd buy them all the beers they want. <laughs> would be he thought that was funny. Quite amazing, actually. It would mean a lot. It would. He's finally written a book about his adventure. Finding the people who sent him home all those years ago would be the perfect end to a remarkable journey. Ben Chapman, News at 10, Cardiff. Cardiff. So anyway, if If you're out there, guys, get in touch. What an absolutely priceless story. (laughs) That was just a bonus. I don't know who who they were. But if you know of of these fellas, contact us on our Facebook page. We'll get you in touch. Who would know? We've We've got a couple hundred listeners. You think? Well, we you know, and again, if they would just tell one friend or two friends, and it they would multiply. Two friends, yep. And they told two it'd friends. Be a, it'd be a shampoo commercial. <laughs> if they told two friends. I bet we, we're the only ones old enough to remember something like that, you know. You hit the button anytime now. What are you doing? What are you doing over there? This is a Florida story. Oh, it's, it's a twofer, man. How's it a twofer? Oh, we're going to have two in a row? Watch out. No, it's Florida and Snake. Oh, the snake. Oh, it's a double bonus. Listen, listen. <laughs> We're the only ones that laugh at that part. 
North Florida officers find emotional support snake. Foul. That's a foul. That is a foul. Yep. No, no, no. A foul would be a bird. It'd be a chicken. Or a chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An emotional support chicken. Uh, during a DUI traffic stop. police. A officer, this is a very short story, by the way. Police officers in a Florida panhandle city found a slithery subject during a recent DUI stop. It was an emotional support snake. Oh, boy. The Fort Walton Beach Police Department posted the message on social media saying they found the reptile during the traffic stop last Wednesday. The tweet, Fort Walton Police Department, last night we learned the term emotional support snake on a DUI traffic stop. And no, the snake was not driving. <laughs> or drinking. Smart Alec. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag body cam boas. Hashtag <laughs> sir, put, down the, put the snake down. Drop hashtag snake. civil serpent. <laughs> hashtag DUI. Hashtag police. Hashtag FWB after dark. Hashtag Delta shift officers did not release the information on what happened to the Python or its owner, but did have some fun with the message and said the snake was not driving, which isn't funny now. Cause I already said it's that. not funny. I don't think it was funny in the original. It was a slow day in Fort Walden. All you, right? know, you know, who's got an, an emotional support snake, Satan. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. And you know what he does? What? He, I don't know. What does he do? <laughs> <laughs> Headline. He, is. he hisses. Woman fires gun randomly in LA traffic, screaming, "Anybody want to die now?" And I mean, is that rhetorical? I just want to know: was she looking for an actual answer? I don't know. In a scene vaguely reminiscent of something from Hunter S. Thompson novel. By the way, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is a good novel. I don't, I don't, I didn't really care for the movie that much, but a woman. Too many words in books. Oh please, books read hard. Can't, oh. can't read. A woman, gone. a woman in Los Angeles was caught on camera Tuesday threatening traffic and firing a gun wildly into the air while waiting to merge at a stop sign. I wait, I wait. I saw a video today. I don't know when this happened, but a same thing. Guys walking around the street firing guns in the air. All of a sudden, this cop in his patrol car just comes flying like 40 miles an hour and just slams the guy. Good. And he lived. The cop lived. No, I'm just kidding. The guy lived after he hit him, but they took him down. But they were like, that was the only way the guy felt like he could get him to to get to him safe. You know, I, I say give him a medal. Yeah, the cop, not the shooter. Well, the cop has a medal. It's called a badge. Driving in L.A. seems like stressful business, and Tuesdays are hard enough, no matter where uh, you're trying to. Drive. You remember Steve Martin pulling out the gun in L.A. Story? That's a great movie. As you remember, the, everybody's having the, yeah. the shootings because yeah. L.A. used to be really yeah. bad about the it, shootings. It still is, I think. The, the, the this happened rage. in L.A. For, for, for crying out loud. Um, uh, which is why you probably shouldn't have a six-shooter handy. Best not to have that temptation. The video starts... Six-shooter. What, six what is this? The Old West? That's a revolver. The video starts as the woman seems to be screaming at someone off camera with her window rode down. Did you say road? <laughs> I did. Road? Road. R-O... <laughs> R-O-W-E-D. <laughs> and before long, she whips out a handgun, which looks like a revolver, and loads it. Okay, we got audio. We got actual audio. Okay, well, I guess she is Old West. It's a revolver. She's talking to somebody there. Now, this gets weird. Anybody want to die now? Anybody? Yeah, I, w I would like to. Hey, you want to die now? Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, ma'am. Did you hear that? Yeah. She fired out her sunroof. Now listen to this. Yeah, wait. The cow jumped. 
He did jump over the moon. She's on bath salts. I did it. Go check it. Y'all still have my phone. No, she was she was closed. I told them y'all was crazy. No, she was on something like bath salts. Definitely on something. Did she eat anybody's face? No. It might not have been bath salts. Nobody's paying attention to her. It's L.A. They're used to this. I told them you are psychotic. She literally set the couch on top of your mom in Cuba. Is that what she said? <laughs> Whoa! It's a has a dry fire. Uh oh! Here comes here comes the, Popo. The Popo. She's going to the big house. Yeah, she's going to the pokey for sure. Gray Bar Motel. <laughs> She'll be stuck in the slammer for days. In the big house, more than likely. <laughs> oh wait, you know the what we slammer. Anyway, what do you think about that? Uh, another day in L.A. I guess she is probably going to. Uh, to to stay in jail or get some psychiatric. Gonna go to the crazy house. Yeah, the loony bin. Yeah, yeah, the nut house. The ha ha hotel. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! How could we get two of these? It's a good day. I told you we had some good stories. You gotta let it play out. Oh, it's another two. Two snake stories, two Australian stories. Watch out! Oh, the snake. It's really getting back to our roots. These kind of stories. Snake hole. He said, freaking the snake hole, man. Snake hole. Yeah, it's really getting back to our roots. We have more fun than anybody on this show. We, this gets back to our roots. It this does. Is, this, is, this is actually gold standard weird, weird. news. Yes. Yes, it is. Poop stories. Snake snore, snore, snake snores, snake snores, snake stories, and um, and Florida, and Austria, and Australia, Australia. And we got all kind of. Remember the time we had that story? You talked about it being Australia the entire time, yeah. and we were like, "It was Australia." I even dropped it. That's not annoying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, shoppers in Australia find a venomous snake in an Aldi fresh produce bag. I like Aldi. Yeah, I would think that's. Probably pretty good because I wouldn't think they could sell the snake that cheap normally. <laughs> no, probably not. It's a venomous a, snake. A Sid- and if it's Australia, you, you know, know it's, no, a, it's deadly. Oh, yes. All snakes are, even the non-venomous ones over in Australia. Yeah, they, you know, there's no such thing as a poisonous snake. I got a friend that's a pet peeve of his. They're venomous. Venomous. Yeah, they're not poisonous. Well, if they poison your system, that no. is po- they venom your system. Yes. I don't believe it. It's venomous. A Sydney couple received a fright when they discovered a rare venomous snake in a bag of supermarket lettuce but but recovered and later used the fresh produce in a salad roll. Oh, gross. well this is a non-issue <laughs> the juvenile pale-headed snake something i will not try to pronounce Aplocephalus bitorquatus. easy that's a scientific name for him was tucked into a two-pack of cause lettuce which was it two-pack shakur Two-pack, yeah, no. Cause lettuce, which Alexander White and his partner, Emily, Emily, Emily Neat, she's neat, I like her, Yeah, purchased from an Aldi supermarket in Sydney on Monday. It's Sydney, right? It was moving around and flicking its little tongue out, White said. (laughs) That's racist. It was actually, (laughs) I got to focus here. It was actually uh, 
It's, it was his tongue, which let me know it wasn't a giant worm. <laughs> I guess I would, they, they have those worms in Australia, too. I would have been more comfortable with a worm, to be honest. <laughs> That's not a worm. The reptile was about 20 centimeters long and appeared to be having a, uh, been sleeping peacefully in the lettuce in the supermarket's refrigerated grocery cabinet uh, until White picked it up. I don't know why I'm still talking this way. <laughs> Carried it around the store and jostled it in his backpack for a 10-minute bicycle ride home. Crikey. We didn't have a trolley because neither of us had a dollar coin. <laughs> that's he didn't have a shopping cart because yeah, Aldi makes you put a quarter in. That's right. We, uh, neither of us had a coin, so we was just carrying it. In retrospect, it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> I bet it did. You know, my Australian's a little better today. It sounds good. Better than I, it usually is. I actually is. think you may be from Australia. I thank you. You're welcome. I actually don't think that anybody listening, we don't really believe we have good accent. I wonder how Adam's doing. I don't know. He, he responded to something the other day that, that I put on the, the social medias. The snake emerged as they were unpacking their groceries at home. They called Wildlife Rescue Organization Wires. And were advised the snake was possibly a baby eastern brown. Oh, one of the most venomous and aggressive species in Australia. And also, we, if it was a baby, oh, double venom. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, no poison, but venom. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all venom. We know about brown snakes. My no, friend. this is an Easter brown. Easter brown. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my band name tonight: Easter Brown. <laughs> oh, oh, you want? I guess you want some. I don't care. You know, our best band names come from flubs. Yeah, they do. Our best podcasts come from flubs. Um, that's true. The fact that we have a podcast is a big flub. Uh, let's see. Uh, where was I? I don't know. But after an extensive amount of snake photography, what they took him on a photo shoot? Yes. It was identified as a pale-headed snake, a species that snake expert, a snake expert told the couple was medically significant. Oh, I oh. thought that meant they had medicinal properties, said White. <laughs> Apparently, it means if you're bitten, you have to go to the hospital pretty quickly. <laughs> they bite repeatedly, provoked. Said, oh, I don't uh, want to repeat biter. According to the Australian Museum, pale-headed snakes are a shy but nervous species, easily agitated if cornered or put into an Aldi bag. Of lettuce. Of lettuce. There have been no recorded fatalities, but the museum states an envenomation can produce some unpleasant symptoms, including severe headache, blurred vision, localized pain, and abnormal bleeding. Well, they make it sound like it's not that big of a deal, although they just said he was one of the most poisonous. That sounds just like a J&J vaccination to me. Yeah, it does. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, White, too soon. Well, yeah, because I had that one. Yeah, you did. White said the uh, juvenile snake was quite cute. Oh, please. He and, Well, they were devil worshippers, apparently. They had to be. They had yeah. to be. Yeah. He and Neat spent some time videoing it and conducting video calls between the snake and their children who were away from... <laughs> this is a venomous snake and their... And their <laughs> what do you think the snake said to the kids? <laughs> I see you. What's up, kids? Catch me outside. <laughs> How about that? Anyway. Talk like one of those snakes from one of my favorite cartoons ever, Ricky Ticky Tavi. Ricky Ticky Tavi could take a snake down. Yes, he could. I mean, he ain't messing around. That, that show animated by the great Chuck Jones from, Chuck War Jones. from Warner Brothers. Chucky J. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Where was Ricky Ticky Tavi don't mess around. He doesn't. No. He goes. Remember that? <laughs> He'll eat a snake in a heartbeat. He always did. <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's, oh my gosh, the author's on the tip of my tongue. Um. Ru uh, RuPaul. No. Uh, I feel bad now. I can't think of his... Uh, Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Clip... Rudyard Kipling. 
Rudyard. You're rude, Clipping. Rudyard. Rudyard. Kipling. Kipling. It's yes. hard to say when you're having a stroke. How about me coming up with that? That was good because it was it was like right there. Yeah. It just wouldn't come out of them. Okay. If if you don't know what we're talking about, go find Ricky Tiki Tavi. The snakes are just like they talk like this. And their eye span. Cobras. But see, mongooses can take down a cobra. Mongooses aren't scared. They ain't scared. They ain't scared. Honey badger may not care. Mongooses I'd like to see a mongoose go up against a honey badger. A honey badger wouldn't care. <laughs> the mongoose wouldn't give a flip. <laughs> he ain't scared. Uh, let's see. While okay, they spend some time video and doing stupid crap with it. They also uh, check the rest of their groceries for errant wildlife. <laughs> after re- realizing the lettuce bag was uh, open at one end, look, oh. honey, there's a rhino in the soda. He said, uh, "Oh, I had a moment and I thought, what if the snake comes out from something else?" Oh, White gosh. said, "Well, so kind of rustled everything around trying to find evidence of other snakes." But it looked quite at home in the lettuce, and uh, after it exhausted itself looking around, he went back inside the lettuce and fell asleep. He said, nothing to see here. I'm going back to bed. He said, that's not lettuce. He said, I'm going back to a bed of yes, lettuce. Right. bed of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> the snake and lettuce were moved to a Tupperware container, but we were opening the lid a bit because we were, it was running out of air. I wouldn't be worried. Uh, a snake handler from Wires arrived at 10.30 p.m. to retrieve the animal, which was transferred to a heated container. With the help of Aldi, they traced the origin of the lettuce back to Toowoomba <laughs> and are attempting to – I love that name. Toowoomba and are attempting to organize uh, transport home for the snake. What, has he got an address? <laughs> they can put him in a box and send him, and they can put it like one bottle for pee, one bottle for drinking. Yeah, yes, and a couple of pillows. A couple of pillows. Great big pillows. Wires left the lettuce behind, and White ate it for lunch. That's, I'd be concerned about I eating that not. lettuce. Oh, I have eaten the lettuce, he said. Oh, I washed it thoroughly. There were a couple of things that I determined to be snake poo, <laughs> but I washed that off and uh, had a salad wrap There's today. There's not enough water in Australia to wash snake poo off lettuce enough for me to eat it. <laughs> People always say, wash your lettuce. I think I've been guilty of the past of not washing my vegetables. But I think it's a lesson from this to always wash your lettuce. How hungry had he been? He must have been starving. And also, she, this is what Neat said. She's neat, by yeah. the way. She, and also, check whether your bags of lettuce are open. She's English, apparently. Or That's another, way, another reason not to eat it. The end was open. Aldi told Guardian Australia the snake would be released into the wild. We've worked with the customer and the team at Wires to identify the snake, uh, his natural habitat. Which is certainly not an Aldi store. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> a spokesperson said, "We uh, we thank Wires for their support on this." Crikey, we'll have some snake on the Bobby. Aldi said it's working with the produce supplier to investigate how this incident could have possibly occurred. How about that? We got another monkey story here. We need a monkey theme. Here we come. Now we need shock a monkey walking down this. You ever hear the the greatest decade of all time? The eighties. The eighties. Yeah. And there was a band called the Blow Monkeys. Don't know them. Go check out Digging Your Scene. All right. What the guy called himself? The lead singer called himself Doctor Robert. Doctor Rob. But uh, Digging Your Scene. I'll look the that Blow up. Monkeys. That's their that's their their one hit. If that's what it was, it, it hit pop stations. And I'm stuff. surprised I don't know that because I was pretty hip to this. Absolutely. Scene I say what you want, but I love that song. It's a great song. I'll He's got a great out. voice. You remember Doctor and the Medics? 
No. They did a version of uh, When I Die and They Lay Me to Rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, that song. And it was funky and good. Doctor and the Medics, check them out. Maybe I will. Headline is? Maybe I won't. Alcoholic Monkey. That's the worst kind. Gets, Man. Gets, Take this one easy, okay? This al- this is going to affect a lot of people when they hear this. Al- alcoholic monkeys, are that's not something to joke about or take lightly. Alcoholic monkey gets life sentence in India after attacking 250 pedestrians. It would have been 300 if they hadn't stopped him. This is from Tepai. An alcoholic monkey in northern India, India <laughs> has been sentenced to life behind bars and go- for going on a rampage and injuring 250 pedestrians when his supply booze ran out. You know, alcoholics, they can, if, if, if they're cut off, they can yeah. have some serious problems. They, they can. According to Liberty Times, the six-year-old pet monkey koala... Kalua. Kalua received a life sentence of solitary confinement at India's Kanupur Zoo earlier Kanpur. this Kanpur! Whatever. After he, I'm not going there. After he indiscriminately attacked people, or, oh, indiscriminately. So that was good. Attacked, indiscriminately, he didn't care. Attacked he, people. He didn't. He didn't pick. He did not choose you on your race, your gender. He is not discriminatory. No, he was not. He attacked people across the Mirzapur district, resulting Mirza, in Mirza, one death. Craig, yeah. somebody was dead because Sup, of this su- monkey. Surprised it was only one. To be honest, we've talked That's about true. this. They the can rip your vicious. arms off. They'll rip your arms off. They'll eat your face in a heart. They'll reach your arm off and beat you with it. <laughs> Many of the victims, primarily women and girls. Could you imagine the last thing you see? No. Now, wait. Your arms are gone, and there's a monkey waving around the air going, <laughs> waving your arms at you. Could you imagine that? And you couldn't wave back. You couldn't wave because back. Because you got no arms. And it's improper to wave with your foot. He wouldn't know what you meant. Local authorities said Kalua was formerly owned by an occultist. There you go. Yeah, it was yeah. a satanically yeah. obsessed, uh, demon-possessed. Probably had a, a snake in the room, too. I bet it did. I probably was telling him everything he yes. needed to know. Who routinely supplied him liquor to drink, which turned him into an alcoholic. They said the monkey became very aggressive three years ago when his owner died and left him no avenue to acquire it Didn't leave alcohol. him the key to the alcohol closet. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mold Nazia. A veterinarian of Kanpur Zoo told the media that the zoo staff had placed Kalua, which is a good name for an alcoholic monkey. Exactly. Kalua. Probably goes good over coffee. Probably. In, a, in isolation after his capture, but that he had not observed any change in the primate's aggressive behavior, he added that the zookeepers had hoped to calm Kalua with a vegetarian diet, but were very unsuccessful. Well, you know the problem. The, the monkey was an alcoholic, and he couldn't see that he was an alcoholic. He was, in, he was in denial. He was, which is not just a river. In, uh, no, exactly. Yeah. What you said, yes, sir, amen, yeah. yay, verily. Nasser pointed out that the monkey had tried to attack female zookeepers as well as monkeys who shared the same cell with him. As a result, he said the, do, the zoo had decided to isolate Kalua. For the rest of his life, since he would strike again if let loose. And I'm going to go ahead with this next paragraph, because it's just a one-paragraph story. It's a local story. I, before you go. Yeah. I can't tell you how happy this story makes me. It's not lo- <laughs> It's not actually local. <laughs> it's McMinnville, it's Tennessee. Re- re- it's re- yeah. That McMinnville showed up on my new favorite show, Debris. Oh, I love that show. McMinnville. Uh, I'm only on episode one. Uh, by episode five or six, they end up in McMinnville, Tennessee. How about that? And the per- one of the characters was from Knoxville. So they mentioned two towns, but they're supposed to be in McMinnville. Debris, you're, if you, I think we may have talked about this before, but if you like we the show. We talked about it during a band. Right. Movie. If you like the show Fringe, it's the same awesome. cr- it's the same creator. Yeah. And it is an 
awesome show. I've only, I'm saving them until I've got the whole season recorded, and I'm going to binge it. So good. If I you watched w- the first one. Debris, if you love French, you know what my, my pipe dream is now? What? Same creator. How awesome to have the French character show up. Oh, that would be fantastic. Would that be amazing? Oh, Walt. I'd love to see Walter love show Walt. up. And his cow. With his Twizzlers. And if you've never seen French. And Astrid. Astrid was great. Yeah. Uh, if you have never seen Fringe, you're missing out. Fringe is one think, of my all-time favorite shows. I don't TV think shows. Fringe got... I told uh, this to the wifey the other day. I don't think Fringe got a... I'm not a big fan of how it started off. Like, it didn't get a strong start. But when it found its groove, it got really good. Oh, it got good. Because you remember at the first... They were, and this isn't ruining anything, but the beginnings, you know, the betrayal of the boyfriend. Well, it started who was a double agent. Airplane. Yeah. The yeah, double that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it just, to me, that whole storyline just kind of... Eh, I was but, wrapped up from, but from once, the start. But but you got to admit, once they got in their groove and it became monster of the week kind of thing, yeah. kind of storyline. Spock of, showed up. All that stuff. It was William Nimoy. So good. So watch Debris. <laughs> watch Debris. And um, that's your tip of the week. McMinnville is what brought that up. Okay. This story happened in McMinnville, and I don't think it had anything to do with the, the people in the episode. Okay, we'll see. Man accidentally shoots himself while trying on pants in Walmart dressing room. You know, this will happen if you don't have your – your. by the way, new law in Tennessee, you can – ha, Has they signed it yet? Uh, he has signed it. Yep. It yeah. com- it's Constitutional official July carry. 1st. Yep. John, uh, Johnstitutional. <laughs> Howard, Johnson, <laughs> Howard Johnson carry law. You know, the funny thing is, is I applied for my carry permit in January. And now they come out and say, you know what? Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't even know you knew what a gun was. Oh, I've got a lot of them. Whatever. I got sick. Uh, Cap guns don't count. No, The little Nintendo don't. light gun doesn't count. All right. Staple gun doesn't count. What about a glue, glue gun? gun doesn't count. <laughs> what about a ray gun? A Ronald Ray gun. Ooh. Headline you, is, are you looking man like, accidentally shoots himself. Are you looking himself. to let go of that? No. Can I sell it? Can no. you sell it to me? No. While trying on pants in Walmart dressing room. And as Craig has mentioned, it's from McMinnville, Tennessee. A man was rushed to the hospital after police said he accidentally shot himself while trying on pants inside a dressing room at the McMinnville Walmart. You know, the Walmart's a great place to see uh, see things. Right. You always see interesting things. I'm just asking. I'm just curious why the guy didn't have a safety on. You should always have your safety on. It might have been a Glock. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Do not get me started on how Glocks do not have safeties. I don't I care what it. Sean they says. They do have safeties. No, they don't. Oh, they got it. Yeah, they, do. they don't show. They, they do. They don't. The shooting was reported Friday afternoon inside the store on uh, North Chancery. McVinville police said the man had entered the fitting room to try on the pants when his pistol fell out of his pocket, hit the floor, and discharged, striking him in the leg. He's, actual audio of him. <laughs> the man was transported to Ascension St. Thomas. River Park Hospital. One thing I really appreciate about having to apply for the permit was we had to go through that class, and um, I feel much more comfortable with a handgun after right going through that. Well, I class. think people that don't know what they're doing shouldn't. Uh, I think they should still go take a class. I I was raised around them. I've I've been around them all my whole life. Right. Uh, yeah, that, me too. That doesn't mean I can't make a mistake, but what I mean is I, I've been around them my whole life. There are people. Someone posted a picture of the day somebody who had a gun on their. Uh, sweatpants it was sagging yeah. down on one side yeah, we saw that in class we showed yeah. they showed a video of that it's like ridiculous it's like yeah be responsible people i've but, got a uh, nice holster that actually covers completely the trigger and everything and the cool thing is you've also got the rest of the lone ranger outfit <laughs> and you wear that when you're anyway hey custom caskets add fun to final farewells you know we i, I think about death a lot 
and it's usually when I'm recording this. It's not weird. Um, my funeral is going to be festive, and I hope you live to see it. I don't know how I feel about that. Comment. You know, we we've discussed recording, and I, I'm going to yeah. sit down and do that. I'm going to record so my own farewell. Uh, the the kid and me, E. Yeah, yeah. We we have an idea for a chain of funerals. One that of my has, favorite fellas. Yeah, we have a we have an idea for a chain of funerals. Funeral homes or funeral family? homes that have a clown as a mascot. His name like like Slappy the Clown or something. And it's he puts the fun in funeral. Yeah. And then you've got like a party, a balloon animals around your your loved one. You've got See, a that's circus. Just, that's kind of creepy. Popcorn, cotton creepy. candy. But Slappy puts the fun in funeral. What a okay, marketing let, let's, plan. Let's hook up and add this because I've often wanted a funeral home that looked like Bass Pro. You know, it had big trees. It was manly, fireplace. Uh, How would the manly part apply to you, though? Well, it would. Oh, very much okay, so. Okay. Very much so. Uh, let's let's put our heads together and figure that one out. Why don't we? Okay. From donuts to Star Trek and sailboats, one Auckland. Is this New Zealand? One Auckland. Auckland. Auckland-based company is making custom caskets unlike you've never seen before. Is it ever seen before? Never seen before. Never. You've never. never seen before. Dying art makes unique custom caskets which reflect the people who will eventually lay inside them. So if you walk up to one of their caskets and you see your reflection, you're going to die and be in that casket. That's creepy. That's what it says. It says uh, it, 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 it right there. Which reflect, reflect the, people. the people who will eventually lay inside them. So huh. if you walk up to no. like a donut casket and you don't see yourself. You're safe. But like. Your, you friend, do your yourself, friend does see themselves. There'll be six more weeks of winter. Something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I, can we I, get a Puxatani? Uh, I credit Gene Simmons with this because the, the he kiss can market kit, anything. The kiss kit. The no, kiss no, there have been plenty. I've seen NASCAR ones. Yeah, I've seen but a the bunch kiss of kit them. was the first one I ever saw. I guarantee you there's, I guarantee there's a camouflage one out there for hunters. I wouldn't want to be. Then how do you find them? I, I wouldn't want to be buried in a kiss kit, by the way. No. I don't want demons on my cast. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Says the guy wearing the $1,000 Satan shoes right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Owner and founder Ross Hall came up with the idea 15 years ago while he was writing his will. Eh, okay, I can't do a new... I can barely do an Australian. New Zealand's a Australian. Dip, okay, this, I'm going to do Australia. This guy was from Australia. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the things that came to my mind is I don't want to go out in a brown box. So I thought to myself... Uh, I'm, I'm just can't do it right now. I've lost it. I'm going to write in my will that I want a red casket with flames on it. A couple of days later, why? Because that's what he wanted, man. That's that's a bad sign. A couple of days later, I said to my wife, "I wonder if anyone else wants something a little bit different than a brown mahogany box." Mahogany. We sort of looked at each other and thought about it for a while. They laughed the idea off and moved on. But six months later, the idea popped up again, and this time, Hall decided to do something about it. I did 20 different designs. Went to funeral directors with a little brochure, and they went and went, "Hey, how about this, you guys?" And they all they all thought I was mad. Don't be mad with so me. I didn't yell at you. Why do you think I'm mad? Don't be mad with me. Don't be mad with me. Witch me. Uh, but the idea slowly caught on, and now some weeks they get up to five orders for custom caskets. The cost of cof- of coffins varies depending on the complexity of the design. But Hall isn't in it for the money. Instead, he's about making people happy. <clears throat> Bullcrap. Uh, for me... <laughs> well, why didn't you give them away then? Yeah. For me, I get so much enjoyment out of making a tragic day a little bit brighter for families, lighter for families. And that's probably true, but he's definitely for the money. Absolutely. Uh, we get some fantastic response back from the families uh, about what a difference the casket made, uh, you know, because when they looked at their loved one, 
within uh, what they looked and they saw their loved one with whatever they put a whole different <laughs> twist on the sad moment hall said there was a team of 15 that worked on the custom coffins since they do it for free out of the goodness sure. of their hearts they don't pay those people as you can imagine when we get an order for a casket we have to drop everything and get straight on it because it's a fairly quick turnaround because why don't they sell to people while they're still alive they should you know that's the kisket it doubles as a cooler did you, you keep, know that? Keep it until you're ready to use it. Yeah. No, you use it as a cooler until you're ready That's to use said. it. Yeah. You keep it until you're ready to use and it. And then I saw another one you could buy uh, that was a normal coffin, but it doubled as a bookshelf in an office, which I, is good. That's I, a good I idea. I hope that both of those ideas, they aren't too good of products because the wife will be like, I'm not getting rid of that. No, I love that I like bookshelf. That. I love, that's a great <laughs> cooler. And it's got kiss all over it. That's bad. It's so cool. <laughs> Sick, man. Uh Let's see. With the drop everything, the caskets take about four hours to print and cover. Oh, so they just cover them like they do cars. Print and cover, and for more intricate work, it can take a couple of days. We've had custom uh, designed handles, which are clear clear acrylic, uh, so that we can put those handles on the caskets and it doesn't cover up the graphics. Well, they said something about donuts. I thought it was one shaped like a donut. It's not shaped like a donut. It's got donuts all over it. You could have an eclair-shaped one. Yes, you with could. With the person inside of the it. The lid could be the chocolate covering. Yes. And they could actually put some like cream coming out on the to- over the on top. The, on the top, yeah. like uh, some foam or, on no, the, the ends. ends. On the ends, yeah, a little yeah. bit of foam coming out. <laughs> or or as the body deteriorates, it could just ooze out both ends <laughs> like an eclair. <laughs> Ross delivers his custom-made caskets <sighs> in style in a 1991 Cla- uh, Cadillac hearse that they got shipped from the United States. After the casket is used... At the funeral, it is either cremated or buried with the person. Well, well I you hope think. so. <laughs> no, oh, we have to have that back. Can we get that back? If you don't mind, could you clean it before you send it back? We, we got a funeral in two hours. Yes. Get him out of there. Do you mind getting him out of there? Uh, one of the latest caskets made by Hall and his team at Dying Art was a long-filled cream donut there we sculpted go. casket. We yeah. we nailed it right we there. We did. The donut one uh Okay, the donut one was one that was a bit special. What we did there is we used shaping foam. Look at us. And we glued it to the side of a standard six one, uh, six foot one inch casket. Who, who came up with that? We're going to make this casket six foot one inch. <laughs> I'm sure they're different lengths. Uh, and we spent about two days actually shaping the cream donut sort, uh, donut sort of foam. Sort of foam. Form. Sort of form. Sort and of form. And a donut form. sort of form. So. Oh, right. Yeah. English hard. And uh, then once we had a decent looking form, we went back in and we painted it with acrylic paints. Hall said uh, there has been a move to more celebratory funerals. I think people are actually starting to understand that it's a celebration of life. It's not a yes. loss. Amen. He said the funeral industry is an interesting one. You've got to be a certain sort of person to be a funeral director. There's no two ways about it, but it's definitely changed my outlook on life because now every day that I wake up, I live that day, I live that moment like it's my last one, and I'm so excited to be put inside of a donut one day. (laughs) We make so many caskets that we see so many people pass away, and the terrible sort uh, is once the lid goes on, that's it. It's over. Uh, So... My attitude towards life goes this whole process, blah, blah, blah. But he's just babbling. Yeah, now he's just babbling. Pre-made, blah, blah. We built a yacht with a full sail. We built this casket. Whatever. Ah. We built the. You know, there's. I bet you did not know this, Craig. I'm I'm about to inform you on something. Okay. In uh, Westmoreland, Tennessee, just around the corner, there is a natural burial ground. 
And that's where Lori wants to be buried. You don't even have to have a coffin. They can wrap you in a in a shroud and put you in the ground. I want to thank you for now letting my wife know this because she wants me to either just she she's like I want to be just left on the side of a mountain. Well, they, it, or I want it, to put in a pine box. Area. It's a beautiful area, and now you can be put in, a, in a, a pine box if you want and buried, but it's made to dissipate. Can you put a? Uh, you mean um, dissolve? Uh, yeah. So you go back to decompose. Yes. Yeah. What if? You want to be in a crate with two bottles. <laughs> it's time for the Mark Patch Top 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Top 10 greatest sports movies of all time. And I'm, I'm not a sports fan, but I might have an opinion or two on this. You know what? My favorites are not on this list. I'll just go ahead and tell you that all right, right now. Number 10. This is a great movie. Yeah, that one's good. A League of Their Own. There ain't no crying in A League of Your Own. There's no crying in baseball. Number this nine's is a, a great penny, That's a Penny Marshall movie. Yes, it is. Makes God rest, rest her peace. soul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Top 10 greatest sports movies of all time. Number nine, Major League. I love that movie with yeah, Charlie I've Sheen. I've never seen that. You've never seen Major League? I, again, I'm not a sports fan. So oh, this, no, you don't have, I have to, be. to I have to kind of be tricked into watching sports movies. Like, if I start watching <laughs> and it's really good, I'm going to name a couple that I don't think are on here in a minute. Okay, I'm, yeah, we'll I'm, do that after to, we're done. You're going to have to give me the information on it because I don't remember the name. Okay. Number eight, The Pride of the Yankees. I've never seen that one. I'm neither. Uh, number, number seven, I've seen Field of Dreams. That, that's a good one. I think it's overrated. I think it was great for the time, but I think it grew into something bigger than it was. Yeah, I think, I think, but it's it, overrated now. But it was good. Number six is not overrated. Uh, number six, I know the movie, but I've not seen it. It's about the Olympic thing, right? Yes. Miracle. It's a great movie. Uh, number five, Hoosiers. It's supposed, pretty good. It's supposed to be. I've never seen it. Yeah. Number four, it'll surprise you to know that I've never seen this. Top ten greatest sports movies of all time, Rocky. Number four, Rocky. I think that one should be closer. It should definitely be above number three, Rudy. This is Rudy. This is the real Rudy. <laughs> From the movie Rudy. From the movie Rudy. <laughs> hey, this is Rudy. I'm the real I'm Rudy. I'm the real Rudy. From, From the, the movie, movie Rudy. Rudy. Uh, num- okay, number two of the top ten greatest sports movies of all time, Remember the Titans. That's a good one. And number one's fantastic. Oh, I love number one. Number one is fantastic. The number one top ten greatest sports movies of all time, uh, Sandlot. I love that movie. So there are a couple on here that surprised me. That aren't on here. Me too. One that doesn't. One that surprises me is the the Tom Cruise one. Uh, what's the Tom Cruise one? Everybody, you had me at whatever. What's the What's the? He's the sports guy making all the money. What's the Tom Cruise movie? Oh, oh, you're talking about uh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. How's yeah. that not on here? That's such a huge. Show movie. me the money. Show me the money. Uh, and he has that other line, but you had me at whatever. She hello said, or whatever. Hello. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I, they didn't uh, have me. Moneyball. Moneyball. Well, not what's on the movie with uh, Dennis Quaid where he's he's the guy that goes? He's middle aged. He's 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 the rookie or what is it? When he comes in, he's, he can pitch like crazy and he becomes a player. Yeah, that's. I think that is the rookie. And then there's the one where the kid is the man. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Yeah. That was fun. That's the one. I think. I think that's the one where I got funky butt loving. And <laughs> yeah, that is where you got. That. And he goes, "Is that? Did you he just goes, say? Did you, start, did you just say funky butt loving? <laughs> a little tight. That's a little tight." Um, My favorite sports movie, because I thought about this after looking at this list, it would have to be Eddie the Eagle. I, I still haven't seen that. That is it looks so good. I love that actor. He's such a great actor. It's so good. And I'm surprised Brian's song isn't on here. Or what was the one with Burt Reynolds that Adam Sandler redid? Um, I don't know. You're, Brian's? Oh, Longest Yard. Longest Yard. Well, why Longest Yard on there? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The original. It should be. Um but oh. Brian's song has been remade, by the way. I saw that. That's James Caan, wasn't it? Yes. Was it Allie McGraw? Classic, true story. Who was in that? Was no, it wasn't Allie McGraw. It was uh, James Caan. Yeah. And some chick. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad we narrowed that down. Yeah. I'm sure there's probably another uh, sports movie. And like I said, I do enjoy sports movies if, if they're good. Oh, what was the one with the um, the guy that goes down to like uh, in Southern California, New Mexico, or Texas, somewhere, and he's got the Hispanic kids, and he's, it's the, the team that runs? The cross country. The cross country. I cannot remember the name of it. Fantastic. Well, before we get out of here, remember, Craig and I bring you the weird news each week, but don't forget about the good news. Continue reading that. We'll discuss later. And hello, Pops. Hope you're doing well. Craig, it's great to see you looking so good. I'm happy that uh, that you're feeling well, and uh, we'll see everybody next Friday. You mentioned Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. <laughs> it doesn't belong in the top ten, but a great movie. <laughs> Maybe more than a couple of those. <laughs> well, true. 